Illegal Winter Radio, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Hanging out here downtown LA at Civic Center Studios. And a lot of stuff going on all the time. I could catch this next guest in Long Beach. I could catch him in Alhambra. I could catch him in, as in this case today, in LA. So talking to uh, King Steady Beat, or, but I'll let him introduce himself and he's gonna talk about some of the history of uh, his background. And then we have a more specific event that we wanna talk about. My name is Luis Pulido Correa, and I started Steady Beat Recordings in 1993. If you've been listening to the show at any point in time, I keep playing some of artists from his label. He actually came through the studio here at KCI, and he guest spun for us over a year ago. And he has events going, like in Chinatown here in L.A., like as I mentioned, uh, Roxanne's out in Long Beach. Let's talk about L.A. history of ska, maybe even what's the thinking behind Luis? All right, well, it really started back in 92, 93. Uh, my friend Ray, he's like, hey, listen, uh, he was a real hardcore kind of like a ska boy. He was from Compton, Ray Perez. And he was all, he was like, you know, I'm into ska. I'm like, really? What kind of ska? But he was onto third wave ska. I was thinking two-tone because that's all I knew. And he was all third wave. He's like, let's do a show. I'm like, sure, let's do a show because I had prior DJ experience because I used to do a lot of like disco parties and stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's build a stage. And he was like, a stage? I'm like, yeah, man, get, get, get the band excited. So at least they have the stage. So we, uh, we did a show, and it went well. And from then, actually, that was the first show I actually DJed because I was actually DJing with a turntable and a cassette deck at, uh, at, you know, I guess it was Orange Street, the Israelites. It was in the backyard. And that's how it basically started. After that, we did another one in Southgate and then another one in Wilmington. And then by the third or fourth one in backyards that we kept getting busted up by the cops all the time. It was like for sure. Um, we uh, moved into the Hong Kong Cafe. We moved to the Hong Kong Cafe and from then on we just started doing shows left and right. I started recording a lot of the bands and that's where a lot of the, uh, the Black Post compilations recordings came from. The Hong Kong Cafe and different places where we would be doing our Black Pool present shows. And uh, that's what it was for a few years. And after that, Ray kind of cut out. He had other issues to deal with. And I just, from then on, I started Steady Beat uh, Recordings, which was also the same thing that I was doing because I was doing shows based with that name. And basically, uh, that was 94, 95, 96, 97, which were a real good, rich sky years in L.A. And yeah, I worked with basically every band that came out when they came out. Uh, every band that came out when they came out and from that point on <laughs> that point on we just kept moving forward and you know uh, shows at the whiskey BB Kings Roxy uh, basically every major club in LA and Hollywood uh, I was basically producing shows at and it was fun it was a good time and then you know with the with the advent uh, with the invention of Napster and all these other services rec- uh, record stores started to shut down uh, products started to come back uh ska was a bad word the market was saturated and then after that um you know it was like a basically a dead scene it was it was not a good vibe so you know (laughs) 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 so so basically uh that's basically that part of that what happened there at that moment right so then we move forward and then you know (laughs) the (laughs) Behind the scenes, there's some stuff going on. No, no, we're good, we're good, we're good. So continue. 
so yeah, you know, I did a lot of that. Uh, I was, I think, you know, nowadays they have this, um, and you were there. I remember you were there. They have the uh, Sunset Festival, right, where they close down Sunset Boulevard yeah. and the Viper Room, Whiskey, and all those clubs. Well, you know what? We did that first because I did the, the West Coast, the Intensified West Coast Cough Festival where we had 18 bands, nine bands at the Whiskey, nine bands at the Roxy, and one ticket bought you both, and people were walking back and forth. And I remember you interviewed me outside there. How long was that? Like 16, 17 years? That's ridiculous. <laughs> so um, I think uh, Eric Kohler called me. And it's fast forward. Eric Kohler called me. Hey, Luis, you know, uh, I'm putting together something at the Grammy Museum. And I have these characters in mind. And I'm looking at you to see if you want to be part of the panel. I'm like, wow, with these all these guys? I'm like, great. There's a lot of the other guys involved. But they either couldn't commit or they were out of town or whatever. They couldn't be, which really kind of a real, it, it was real encompassing of the whole L.A. scossing. Uh, but some guys couldn't commit. Some guys couldn't make it. So he settled on a, 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 some guys that were integral to the scene, including me. And I thought I was really honored for him to say, hey, listen, I need you because you were part of a good chunk of the L.A. scossing scene when, uh, how can I say, when, when Eric uh, kind of came into being, because he, he was doing uh, Reggae Nucleus uh, about at the same time that I started uh, Steady Beat Recordings. And actually, I did a couple of articles for his magazine. And so we were going hand in hand all the time. He was always, you know, I was always uh, putting ads into the magazine and so forth. He understands because he came up and he says, hey, listen, let's talk about this. And then he came back and said, listen, a couple of the guys that we had talked about cut out or they couldn't do it. Do you have any ideas of who can? And I ran through my mind. I'm thinking, you know what? The only other guy that I think that was integral personally for me was Brian Dixon because he was like my right-hand man everywhere I went for a while because all the bands I was producing and recording, Brian Dixon was my man. He was my engineer. So now he's part of it, which makes sense because, you know, he was part of um, Checkmate from Fresno. He moved down here to L.A. Then he was part of C-Spot. Uh, then the Rhythm Doctors, and then I asked him to create a special Steady Beat all-star band to back up uh, Derek Morgan. And from that band, he created the Agrolites. And then the Agrolites became the Agrolites, and then he cut out of that. And you know, So he, he does have, there's history there. Uh, another guy could be uh, uh, Chris Murray. Uh, why he was not in there, I don't know, but maybe he came a little later, whatever. So, you know, why don't we go ahead and go into some music before we kind of talk about the event that's coming up. Why don't you go ahead and introduce some uh, some artists, maybe from your label or not, you know, something that we could just get into. We'll come back and, and talk about the event coming up at the at the Grammy Museum. Uh, some of the artists I'm working with right now is um, Saucy Horn, which is uh, Joseph Quinones, who is in the Steady 45s, who I'm also working with. Who I put out a 45 with a couple of 45s with the Steady 45s. Um, so Joseph Quinones. Uh, there's uh, Saucy Horn, his band, uh, the Altons, which we're celebrating their record release tonight here. Then uh, the Commons, that uh, we put out a record with them last year. Uh, that's another upcoming. Uh, right now, we just got out of the studio with Spaghetti Cumbia. We're doing a couple of uh, couple songs with those guys, uh, which which I, I like right now. I'm I'm listening to the mixes and I'm digging them. And then uh, further down the line, La Diabla. We're going to be working with them, uh, putting out some cumbia stuff. So uh, things are getting busy for Steady Beat Recordings. All right, so we're going to go into one of those artists, maybe a few of those artists. We'll be right back with uh, some more here. Illegal Entry Radio, KUCI 88.9. I'm here with King Steady Beat. And we'll talk about the event happening at the Grammy Museum September 13th. Stick around.
Welcome back, Illegal Intro Radio, KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Class is back in session. You've been listening. The history of LA ska is definitely here on this microphone when I have uh, King Steady Beat here. Dropping names, dropping information that uh, if you're knowledgeable in the scene or if you have interest, jot down these names because you want to go back and listen to some of these artists. And, you know, this is not the stuff that you're going to hear just about anywhere. This is stuff you're going to catch him maybe spinning at some of the places he's at or they're, they're people, artists that are hustling around playing different venues. But, uh, Louis, so talk to us about September 13th. What's going on? Uh, September 13th, um, Eric Kohler gathered uh, some of uh, the key players in a certain period in, in Los Angeles ska history. Uh, Greg Lee from Hepcat, Joel Truda from uh, Jump With Joey, myself, Brian Dixon, uh, Persephone Laird from Ocean Eleven. Uh, just for your information, the history that we're discussing right now is anything from 1992 to even the present. But specifically 1992 to 1998, 99, because those are years where the L.A. ska scene developed, grew, and prospered. From a lot of those groups back then, now they're playing in real bigger groups. You know, a couple of the players I know, Gogo Bordello, War of the Band, you know, uh, they're playing in bigger bands. And you're like, wow, these guys are actually... uh, Dennis Ham, he used to play with uh, Mentu Buru. He's playing with Thundercat and uh, uh, Flying Lotus. So that guy's, you know, there's a lot of different players that are just moving on and doing their other thing. Uh, so uh, we're going to be s- discussing uh, uh, how things kind of started, progressed, and built up uh, to the present time. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a little scary. It's a little, uh, you know, intimidating because... It's a panel, and I know the audience is going to be filled with friends and people that I know that I've worked with in the past. <laughs> I just hope no one brings up some old dirty laundry. <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's, that's going to be at the Grand Museum Wednesday, September 13th. And uh, I hope you get tickets because I think they're going to be sold out pretty soon. And um, I think it's going to be streamed live somewhere. So look for the stream and hopefully you can catch up on uh, what all the history during that period in, in L.A. Ska, 92, 93, 94. Um, so hopefully, uh, I, I, I think I have a, a positive thing to, uh, some positive outlooks, positive perspective to contribute as well uh, from my point of view because I'm a promoter, record label, and I've worked with all the guys on the panel on at, at different uh, different levels, different capacities. Uh, Greg Lee, I've, <laughs> you know, I met him because I booked Hepcat first. I booked them, and then as I kept booking them, I, I'd meet him, and he'd come to the shows that even Hepcat wasn't playing, but other bands, especially Ocean Eleven, they loved Ocean Eleven. I remember Hepcat, a lot of those guys were one of the first guys that came to see Ocean Eleven, and because they came to see him because Ocean Eleven was a good band, that band just kind of blew up. Joey Altruda, instrumental. Everyone looked up to Joey because he was like the godfather of the, I, I consider him the godfather of the ska scene because when I was coming up, a lot of the people were like, Jump with Joey, Jump with Joey's a man, Jump with Joey's a man. And I got it. Even Hepcat looked up to Jump with Joey. You know, Hep, uh, Joey put out Hepcat's first 45, you know. So uh, that's how I look up to him. Working through all this time is I, I, I think... Uh, some some key th- uh, a key CD that anyone should listen to would be Scothentic. They should listen to that because that is basically the years that I spent in LA, listening to bands, 
checking them out and realizing these are the ones that deserve to be put on a compilation. Believe it or not, that compilation sold a couple thousand and we got great reviews from all over the world. People loved it. And I was really like surprised because I'm like, you know what? This is something I love doing for someone else to say it's good ish and not even someone else that I don't know, but my peers and people that I respect. They loved it. And I was like, wow. Uh, and, you know, that was back in 95. So since then, it just gave me, you know, basically the inspiration to keep going and going and going. As life gives you, you know, curveballs, you kind of cut out and come back in. And there was a period in 2004 I kind of cut out because there was just a lot of crazy <laughs> going on. And then I had to come back in because the music was calling me. Every little while, I run into Lewis, and he's always busy, always running around different places, has different things going on. Uh, rather than mention all the different things going on, where can people find out what's going on with either yourself or your events? Or Well, um, you could check out the Instagram page, Steady Beat Recordings. I post all the uh, places that I, I DJ at and all the different shows that I produce there. Uh, also, you can go to the Steady Beat dot com website there's a lot of uh everything that you find on facebook and instagram is there as well you can find uh steady beat recordings on uh facebook and king steady beat as the dj and uh, producer man on facebook as well basically to find out all the different places i'm playing and djing etc etc so king steady beat the man of many hats gonna get into some more of the music some of the stuff he's introduced me to over the years We'll be right back with more Illegal Internet Radio here, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. 